It's Sports by the Book at the South Point Studio. Here's Jeff Parles. Welcome in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. We're happy, as always, to be with you on a Saturday morning. I'm Jeff Parles. Hello, stranger. Alex Hello. White's here uh, as well. Uh, we're happy to be with you. Uh, this is, I, I, I'm just going to throw this out. I, I am, obviously, we are now seven days a week. So Alex now is on on Monday and Tuesdays. This week was Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Our guy, Matt Neverd, who did an awesome job filling in. Yes, I'm very happy to have you back by my side on the show. Thank you, very Jeff. I really you. appreciate that. Uh, so we're, uh, we got a lot to get to today. Because as always, and our guy Sean knows, who's uh, back there with Andrew today, uh, making sure we're on the air and at least looking okay. It is a busy day. Yes, it's a busy day. There are roughly 8,000 college basketball games, as there always are. Uh, and then, of course, two NFL playoff games today with the Ravens and the Texans and the Packers and the 49ers today. Tomorrow, I can already tell you, we're going to have two-way action on the desk in one game. <laughs> Uh, Kansas City and Buffalo, of course, the main event in the late afternoon, and uh, Detroit looking to win a multi have the just their third postseason ever with multiple playoff wins. That would be their first one since before the AFL even existed. So forget the merger. The yeah. AFL didn't wasn't even around the last time uh, that they won multiple playoff games in the same postseason. All right, let's get to it. Let's start off. Uh, I'm throwing this out there real quick. I know you didn't have a plan on this, but I got to do it because the number just moved uh, at some shops. Uh, Miami and Syracuse uh, at the Dome uh, today. Right now, three and a half behind us. Cuse favored against Miami. Total 160. And, and I, this is a theme for today. We have a lot of huge totals in college basketball. And we're not, I'm, we're not really accustomed to seeing a, regular, a lot of 160s and 160s plus. And forget even thinking about betting overs on that usually. But the paces are up in college basketball. Yes. The defenses are not quite as good this year for whatever reason. Uh, but this is another one, a 160 and a half. Uh, there is a four in the market right now. I am going to take that four on Miami. I don't, I don't mind it at all. I had a lean towards Miami. I thought Syracuse, that number was a little bit high there, even though they are at home. But you said off air you were a little disappointed in Miami so far this year. I am. They've lost three out of four. Uh, in mixed in that loss, the three out of four losses, uh, they beat, they, they went on the road at Vatek, which was bizarre. Uh, they went to Wake. They had a chance to win that game and lost in overtime. And then they had the losses that are mixed in there, the home losses. I mean, they lost at home to Louisville, which is as bad of a loss that you can possibly take in a Power Five conference this year. Uh, maybe you can argue there are some other ones that are, equal but louisville's awful and florida state at home i don't think the florida state team's any good so two really bad losses mixed in there uh yeah i know florida state's record in conference is fine where they're right now five and one in the acc but that's a game that you got to win if you're miami if you're going to try to get yourself on the right side of the bubble uh and they did not do that in that interstate rival uh now the four now the fours are really starting to populate the market so i'm going to end up taking that on on miami plus the four against Syracuse. And Syracuse has been taking care of business, coming off a win at Pittsburgh. I mean, their only two losses in their last four games are North Carolina and Duke. So they have been doing a good job, but I'm with you. I think it's more of a play on the number here with Miami, just a little bit a little bit too high. Let's go to Columbus next. Penn State on the road against Ohio State. It's nine and a half behind us. There is a rogue nine out there as well, if you like the Buckeyes. 151 and a half 
the total. So the side really hasn't moved other than that one rogue nine that's out there. Uh, the total has been hit up from 149 to 151 and a half. Again, that's going to be the theme of today. The These totals are getting hit up. They're going, they're getting bet to the over. Uh, at nine and a half, I was hoping for a 10. We're not going to get there. I, I, unless if something really funky happens in the next 25 minutes, I like Penn State here, taking the nine and a half on the road. Now, Ohio State to me has been just aggravating this year. There's too much talent for this team to have games like they had on Monday where, yes, I know it's on the road. It's the biggest rivalry game there is in Michigan-Ohio State. But they look flat the whole game. They look flat the whole game. They lost at Indiana. Uh, They barely beat West Virginia. They have already lost to this Penn State team once earlier in the year in State College. That was a game where Ohio State was up as much as 18 in the first half and found a way to lose that game at Bryce Jordan. Just too many points to lay with the Buckeyes. If they get there, all right, fine. But I'll take my chances. Penn State's going to play this game within single digits. We'll take nine and a half. I'm with you. I really wanted to take Penn State early in this week against Wisconsin, and I just couldn't find any evidence or trends to really help push me there. They won that game outright. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. they've been scoring. They're seven and one to the over, four and two ATS in their last six. And then Ohio State, like you mentioned, Lost three straight, and they haven't been covering these big numbers. They failed to cover in five straight going into this one against Penn State. So I didn't play it, but I would definitely lean to the points here with Penn State. All right. We're going to a game just because of the rotation number weirdness here. Very, very rare that you see an out of number, out of order rotation number. But this game was initially going to be a noon east. Now it's a two, a two east uh, with Alabama and Tennessee, 607, 608 on your card. Uh, the, the folks are betting Tennessee because this was four and a half on the overnights. We're now up to five and a half. There's even a six in the market here. And this, again, here's the theme again. Total open 159 and a half, got banged down to 157 and a half, and now back to the original opener of 159 and a half. They're behind us here at the South Point. Alex, I, I, that six that is sitting out there at one prominent book in town here. That seems like that's too good to pass up on Alabama. I know last year, similar spot. Uh, Crimson Tide playing well. Tennessee got it. Had, it's been shaky, but they are playing better recently. Uh, Tennessee covered a game similar spot like this, but it wasn't six. That was two and a half last year with Tennessee favored at home when Alabama was number one in the country. This is too many points. If Bama doesn't shoot well and they lose, so be it. That's what happens with Alabama. They're not making shots. They're not going to cover many games. Uh, but this is too many points. I don't, the tide. I don't mind that six at all. And I also do like the over because both of these teams are shooting very well. It's funny. These two have a lot of similarities, right? Since Arizona's three ranked losses, Purdue, Creighton, and Arizona, they've been really good. 6-0, and 5-1 and ATS, started conference 4-0. And then Tennessee, exact same thing. Losses to Purdue, Kansas, and North Carolina. Since then, 9-1 and straight up. So they've been on a really good run here, but Bama averaging 90 points a game, 12 and five to the over, and the Wolves are three and one to the over in conference play. So I know why this number is so high. I would shop around and try and get under that 159 if you could still find a 158 and a half anywhere. Uh, one right behind us just went to 158 even. Okay. So if you want that, I'll, I'll get I'll get us a commercial break. You can wander to the counter and uh, go ahead and make a bet there. I have to make my bet for tomorrow's. Uh, Late game as well, so because they do have the best number here. So, so let's uh, let's go to the Big East now. 
there are some really good early games here today. Uh, and there are two dynamite ones in the Big East, both in the tri-state area. Let's start at Madison Square Garden. And that's St. John's hosting Marquette. Uh, you know, so, again, just like looking at the, the overnights here, uh, the ones that are put up super early here on the West Coast, St. John's opened an underdog in this game. They opened a one-point dog, one-and-a-half-point dog. Now the favorite is flipped. St. John's point-and-a-half favorite against Marquette, 158-and-a-half the total. Uh, there's some 150. I, God, the totals are all over the map this morning. <laughs> as low as 156 and a half and as high as 158 and a half behind us. So you want a three-flop, two-point middle? Go go at it wow. uh, on the total here. Um, so St. John's has lost two straight games. Both were road games. They should have won in Omaha. Uh, they, they, that was a pretty even game. St. John's blew a six-point lead in the second half late against Marquette or excuse me, against Creighton, I should say. And then they went to Newark earlier this week. That game was tied at 24, and then the Pirates hit him with a 24-0 run, and St. John's couldn't recover from that. Um, with that said, this feels like a pretty nice bounce-back spot for St. John's against a Marquette team that you take them out of Milwaukee this year. Other than that early season win against Illinois, this is true road games, of course, in the Maui Invitational in Honolulu this year, they beat UCLA. Granted, UCLA has ended up being not any good at all. And they beat Kansas, which was a very impressive win that day before falling in a tight game to Purdue. Nothing wrong with that three-game stretch. But Marquette has regressed since that point, Alex. And St. John's has only gone up. I think this favorite flip is correct. I like the Johnnies even now as a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I would just lay that twenty-five on the money line instead of just laying the point and a half. That's exactly what I was going to say. I would stay away from that number here because I do think Marquette should be a small favorite, maybe okay. half a point here, but so a pick. yeah, a pick basically. So yeah, I would take the money line here with, with this one, but yeah, you're right. Both of them playing really well. I, I thought Marquette was a lot better. Like you said, started out really hot and kind of come back down to reality here. So no play for me. I was, I was looking at the over last night, but it is all over the place now. And this one's way too high at 158 and a half. You, you would go under. I would go under that You'd one. go under. Okay. I, you know, it's, it's interesting because St. John's and Marquette both play fast. They're both over 70 possessions a game. They're actually basically identical. 70.3 possessions per game for Marquette. 70.2 possessions per game for St. John's. So dead even on how they want to play. Uh, it's just a matter for me of can we – if we were to play the over in this game, okay, I'll just – have some fun with math real quick. This game, to me, needs to be around 70, 72 possessions. If I was going to be comfortable playing this game over. It's, if we're right on pace at that 70 and a half, I think the number's about right. Yeah. So this is this just one of those where we're actually having a good conversation with our guy, Sean, back there before the show of just totals in general. And to me, the pace is a lot more, is the most important factor. Yes, of course, you need, you like to have the over. You need teams to actually make shots That's when right. they're giving open shots. But I can have the most efficient game in the world. But if it's a 55-possession game, it's going to be hard to get over a lot of totals. Correct. Um, even the ridiculously low totals if it's 55-possession. So uh, just keep in mind pace. Uh, and look, most bettors do. That's part of the reason uh, that a lot of bettors like betting totals in college hoops. All right, let's go to Newark. The Rock, Seton Hall, hosting 
Creighton, I got to give Shaheen Holloway a ton of credit because I did not think this Seton Hall team had a ton of talent. During the non-con, they looked pretty unimpressive with those neutrals in San Diego where they lost to USC, who, yes, Collier's gotten hurt, but they've fallen off, especially since Isaiah Collier's injury. They lost comfortably to Iowa, who I think is pretty average, in all honesty. Baylor, all right, fine. Losing at Baylor, nothing wrong with that. They got whacked by Rutgers. I know that only ended up being a seven-point game, but Rutgers was the right side all game in that. But then the light bulb turned on in that game in Kansas City against Mizzou. I, I, I don't know why what, what turned on, but that kind of felt like the moment, all right, they're a different team than they were at the beginning of the year, Alex. Yeah, they got clobbered in Cincinnati by Xavier, but since then, they've racked off five in a row. Seton Hall has, and now a really good opportunity against a Creighton team that, Metrically, they're still good. They're still ranked in the top 25 in the AP poll. I don't think they're playing at the top 25 level right now. They got smacked uh, earlier in the week in uh, in stores against UConn. I think it's going to be two straight losses for Marquette. I like seeing the Hall outright in this game. So I didn't do anything here because I'm with you. I was trying to look to fade Creighton because I've really paid attention to them since their loss to UNLV, clearly, because I was watching that game very closely. But I haven't been all that impressed with them at all. I mean, they're making 48% of their shots, averaging 78 a game, but they just, I mean, they haven't been all that efficient. And when you, if you want to compare two teams that both of them have played, Creighton versus St. John's, they won that one 66-65. Seton Hall, 80-65 to against St. John's. So you're right. I think the way Seton Hall is playing, I would lean more that way. The Big East. Hey, we talked about this last week. UConn, number one in the polls. Number one in my power ratings, more importantly than just the polls. Uh, they're, I don't know if they're better than they were a year ago. Because, of course, that NCAA tournament run was dominant. Yes. But to me, they're more, con- at least regular season-wise, they're more consistent. Uh, we'll get to them a little later because they're on the road in Villanova, which is a, a tricky road spot for them after their throttling of Creighton early in the week. But I... A lot of people thought this was going to be a three-headed monster at the top, where it's going to be UConn, Creighton, Marquette, interchangeable one, two, three. Hasn't hasn't really happened. No. Uh, so, uh, it just uh, <laughs> just just a scenario for me where I I think UConn's way better than these teams and these tri-state area teams that I thought Seton Hall was a bubble team at best. St. John's would be good by the end of the year, but get off to a slow start. Wouldn't shock me if St. John's and Seton Hall end up being better than both Marquette and Creighton by the end of the year. Remember when you told me to take UConn at 12-1 to 1 to win the tournament? Did you do it? I missed that oh, up. Wow. I know. <laughs> now they're just sitting at one by themselves the last what, what, week. They're down, to, they're down to about eight, eight plus 859 sure. to one in most places. Yeah. Uh, again, those numbers can't go too short in college hoops because of the randomness of the NCAA yes. tournament. All right, let's go to Baylor and Texas next. Uh, this is, you know, for, for Rodney Terry, who, look, he inherited the job after Chris Beard got himself in trouble off the court last year. Uh, they get to the Elite Eight. Quite frankly, they should have been in the Final Four. They blew that game against Miami and Kansas City a year ago. And now the talent's not as good. And Rodney Terry looks like the guy he was at Fresno, Fresno State, which was a pretty pedestrian head coach. And now they welcome in Baylor. Texas, of course, coming in off the loss to Central Florida where there was more noise after the game than during the game from Texas. Rodney Terry got on the Central Florida players for the horns down celebration after the game. Um, With that said, Alex, the market likes Texas. This was one and a half in the overnights, now to two and a half. 
I'm not doing anything at this number. I thought Texas had a short money line price overnight at about $1.25 was fine. I'm not interested in laying an extra 20 cents now. So this is a stay away from me. Probably an in-game if Texas ends up being an in-game underdog, which if Baylor takes a lead of more than five points, will happen in this game. I like Baylor. I would lean to taking the points here with them. Coming off a tough loss, they lost in overtime to Kansas State, which I had them in that game winning outright. But, I mean, Texas is better than their conference record shows. They're just 1-3, in three, but they're also just 1-3 in three ATS in those games as well. So, I don't know how much I can trust the Longhorns here. How about this total has jumped everywhere? Because I I was looking at taking the over, and then all the money was coming in, moving it under, and now it's back up to 146. So I lean to the over in this one as well. Well, I mean, there were were numbers in the 150s when this opened. Okay. And I thought that was a little aggressive. That's right. I I thought that 148 was a – Actually, I thought 148 was the right number in this game. So I would lean to the over as well. Uh, 146 and a half at, at another book in town. 146 and a half is where Chris and company opened this one. Uh, you know, it's just one of these games where you look at you look at Baylor, where we've been offense first the last few years now. They're offense first yet again this year. Texas, I, I'm, I'm in disagreement with the market here. I, it, just a matter of will Texas score enough for me in this game, and I think Texas is going to win the game outright. So the answer to that would be yes. One forty six may be might be good on the over there. But uh, you got thirteen minutes, you got some time in order to get that one in the account. All right, let's go next. Uh, I want to touch this game. I, I I don't know if I sent this to our guy Sean, so I apologize here, Sean, uh, for throwing this out there. And this is in the A ten, where I was I was looking at bracketology yesterday just to at least see where we're at. Joe Lenardi at Dayton is a five seed, which I was shocked at personally. I, I thought Dayton, you're a clear tournament team. They should get now large if they don't win the A-10. I'm a little surprised at how high Lenardi had them. Uh, they take on a Rhode Island team that I don't think the market is treating properly, Alex. Okay. Where I don't, th- they're nine and eight. They're pretty pedestrian on most metrics. They got absolutely run the other day by St. Bonaventure, losing by 35 on the road. I I like this overnight at 14. The market has come back to 12 and a half. This game's at half past the hour in the next hour, uh, 1230 East, 930 Pacific. If we get back to 13 flat, I still think you can take a shot on the Rams here. I think that's too many points on Dayton uh, in, in what is not a great spot for Dayton as well. So I would look to take if we get back to 13. If not, See if Dayton gets out to an early lead quickly. Number jumps back to 14. Go ahead, bang it then. Plenty of in-game opportunity. I, I lean to the under in this one. Okay. I think 142.5 is a little high. I don't know if it moved down this morning. But Dayton 4-0 to the under conference play. So they're going to try and control this pace being at home. And if you like the points and you think it's going to be close, you know, I like the under here. Uh, did you do anything with either Virginia Tech at NC State? NC State 4.5 point favorites, 147 on the total. Or Louisville and Wake Forest, which is up to 16 and a half now with Wake laying in a total 152. I just, I didn't worry about the spread here. I just took NC State on the money line. Okay. Four and one straight up, three and two ATS in their last five home games, only lost to North Carolina. So I think they're the better team. I expected more out of Virginia Tech, personally. I, I thought that that was going to be a team that was borderline NCAA tournament quality. They're 
10 and 7. They just lost to Virginia, who's been bad this year, as we've talked about on the show. So uh, disappointing for Mike Young and company in Blacksburg so far this year. Nothing for me on either of those kids. So what, what did you want to play? About $1.80 on NC State? That sounds right. Okay. Yeah, $1.90 right now. There's some $1.80 uh, a little earlier in the day. Oh, it's four and a half now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might have even got a better number. Let's go to Boise State in South Dakota, or excuse me, San Diego State. Uh, the Aztecs on the road at Boise. You know, this is, this is an important game for Boise State where – you look at how it's gone in Mountain West play so far. Boise State's 3-1. and one. Their only loss was that loss to the Rebels earlier in the week. And UNLV's been a different team in conference play. I, I know they haven't gotten some of the results. Could They very easily could have won that game at Fort Collins last night. Yes. They got totally screwed by the refs last weekend against Utah State <laughs> in a game they had no business losing. Uh, but Boise lost to UNLV earlier in the week at, uh, at Taco Bell. Uh, arena there in, uh, in in Boise. Now they welcome in San Diego State. The Broncos are very bubbly already. Very, very bubbled. Classic bubble team. Uh, not enough good non-con wins, even though they have a nice win on a, on a, on a uh, neutral against St. Mary's. This feels like a game, if you're Boise State, I don't want to say you got to have it because it's January 20th. It's a little bit crazy to say that that early. But Coin flip game, one point dog at home. I like the Broncos here. I don't think, I, I think this is a reasonable bounce back spot for the Broncos after the home loss to UNLV earlier in the week. I completely agree. I was thinking that exact same thing bounce back. They actually, UNLV broke their home win streak mm-hmm. for Boise State. So they'll definitely be uh, up and ready for this one. I did lean to the under in this as well, 136 and a half. I think that's a little bit high. Um, top 25 defenses, both of them. So, it should be a good one. Yeah, you're right. Mountain West is getting very interesting, and Matt already said it. They're going to kind of take each other out till they get to the conference championship, and yeah, that's the, exactly what they're doing. Yeah, they'll, they'll, this is a league that will cannibalize itself. There we go. And, that's the word. And uh, you, 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 look, you look at the way that the league is, you have, to me, you have six teams that will have an argument to make the NCAA tournament without winning the tournament here, the Mountain West tournament at, uh, at Thomas & Mack. Uh, Everyone else below that will have to win mm-hmm. the Mountain West tournament to have at least a realistic shot. I mean, there are bubble cases for Nevada, New Mexico, Boise. I think San Diego State, Colorado State, and Utah State are good, barring implosion. Uh, but the other three still have some work to do over the next few months. All right, let's go to back to the Big 12. You know, Alex, I think every Big 12 game, for the most part, is going to be a war this year, especially these ones that are sub-two-possession sub lines. This is another one today, Cincinnati and Oklahoma. Uh, I was doing a lot, doing a bunch of research uh, for for uh, my friends over at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, uh, Big Twelve uh, website. These home road splits are jarring for a lot of these teams so far in conference play. Where you look at Cincinnati, they're not one of the ones that are jarring because they went on the road, they beat BYU, they lost at home to Texas. But their opponent today, these splits have been jarring. Yes, as you look at Oklahoma. And this has been the whole year for Oklahoma so far this year. Oklahoma's three, and yes, they won games on neutral floors against Arkansas. That, I don't know how that's really called the neutral since that game was in Oklahoma City. I know Fayetteville's coach, but Norman's right down the road. Uh, they've won neutrals against USC and Iowa. All right. Not true road games. But the three real road games they played, yes, I know Charlotte's not Chapel Hill, but that's a North Carolina home game. North Carolina handled them with ease. They lose at Fort Worth, the TCU. They lose yep. at the Fog, the Kansas. 
Now they go on the road to Cincinnati where, again, the Bearcats have split their conference home games so far, but Oklahoma and their road games have not really been competitive. 12-9-12, and none of those games they were really tight in except for the first half at Kansas. I like Cincinnati. I, I know that you could have had three earlier in, early in the overnights. I don't love missing that three, but I did like this at four. So I have to like it at three and a half then right. with the Bearcats uh, if I liked it at four. So I, I'll, I'll lay it with Cincinnati here. That's really funny, Jeff. I was ready to take the points with Oklahoma, and I started diving in more and, and realized those splits as well for both these teams. So I think this will be very telling of these two if one can turn it around on the road or one can start to um, collect some wins at home with Cincinnati. Well, here's another one in the conference. TCU hosts Iowa State, and the market agrees with me on this. Uh, I, I laid uh, I laid three and a half early with TCU, and as at, at fourth, still thought it was good. We're up to four and a half across the market now on this game with TCU at home against Iowa State with a total of 144. TCU undefeated at home this year. Their only road their only road wins were Hawaii and Georgetown, and Georgetown they were lucky to win that game. Uh, Iowa State on the road in conference play, lost at Oklahoma by eight. Smacked in the second half by BYU earlier in the week in Provo. Home road splits are going to be important in this conference. Now, you're getting to the point where you could, if you get the five, yeah. you could start justifying coming back the other way. Four and a half, I think, is no man's land on this game. I'm going to stay out. I liked it sub four and a half. But at four and a half, you're starting to hit the no man's land. The market, I think, is starting to get more correct on where this number should have been at the beginning. Four and a half TCU. I think it's a fair number. I can't play it now. I completely agree. If we do see the five, I will jump on Iowa State, though. I do really like this team. I mean, this is a team that took down Houston when they were number one. So they are very good. You're, they just haven't figured it out quite on the road. So I would look and wait for that five, like you mentioned. Keeping it rolling in college hoops. Don't worry. We'll get our NFL talk in a little bit. Our guy, Sam Panianovich, Sammy P, joins us. Uh, of course, Nesson, Chicken Dinner podcast as well. Uh, with us in about 15 minutes, talking NFL. Let's keep it rolling on college hoops. Again, a ton of games, as always, on these Saturdays. Alex, this is where I start to deviate from the path from what I usually do here in college hoops. Purdue on the road at Iowa. Uh, Six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road, Purdue. Totals 165-and-a-half. <laughs> I like this game over. I do, too. And, you know, it's just so hard to bet these ridiculously high totals today. And I heard three totals I like today. And they were all in the 160s, and they're all over. And I understand to some to be like, oh, you went this is totally square Magoo here, Jeff. But when you look at the pacing of these teams that are involved in these over games that I like, I mean, look at Iowa. It's so funny with Iowa, though, as we talked about you and I off the air, <laughs> where Iowa football, as you know, just painful offensively anyway. Iowa's the sixth fastest tempo in college basketball. They're the 17th best offense, according to Ken Palm, and they stink <laughs> on defense. They're 110th, which for a Power 5 team, that's pretty bad. Purdue, yes, I understand that they don't play particularly fast, but I don't think Iowa has a chance of really guarding Purdue, and the only way Iowa can stay in this game is if they play fast and make and tire Edie out yeah. by playing such a ridiculously fast tempo. I like this thing over, even at the 165 and a half, Alex. I'm with you. Produced 13 and 5 to the over this year. Really strong on the road. 7 and 2 straight up and 7 and 2 ATS. So 
Um, Iowa 13 and four to the over and eight and one to the over at home. I think this combination, you're right. They can't make it high enough. I went over that 165 and a half. Again, I, I do not like betting totals this high. I just don't. But this is a situation that dictates going over in these games. All right. Uh, let's go to Central Florida and Houston. I, I think you're okay if we skip USC and Arizona. I'm okay. I, I think we're okay with that. Sorry, sorry, Trojan and uh, Sun Devil fan. Sun Devil's three and a half in that game. Uh, you know, this is the question here because we have a very low total in the Central Florida-Houston game. And it's a big line. Houston 17, total 128. Here's the question on this for me, Alex. This is what it comes down to. Central Florida's coming off a gigantic win earlier in the week where they went on the road. I know Texas is not that good, but that's a big win for that program. Going on the road, your first Big 12 road win, and you do it against that program. The last time we saw, so again, small sample size, but we saw Central Florida pull that big upset against KU last week. And they flipped around and they played a competitive game, but lost at home to BYU. They didn't cover the number. BYU got there. When you're dealing with a total this low of 128 and this big of a number, I kind of feel obliged to look at the underdog but I just hate this spot for Central Florida. So this is a pass. If we were getting 20, I would have to take it. But at 17, feel I, I thought I thought 16 and a half, 16 was right in this game. But because of the brutality of the spot for the Knights, it's a pass for me. It's a pass for me too. I mean, Houston is 10 and 0 straight up at home and 7 and 2 ATS. So they're really good. <laughs> We know yes, that, <laughs> and really, really good at home. So I'm going to pass on this as well. Go to Northwestern and Nebraska next. As you're listening yep. here, Sports by the Book is the show. If you're joining us here at the top of the hour, I'm Jeff Parles. Alex White is alongside. As always, thrilled to be with you going through college basketball. We'll get some NFL talk in a little bit. Of course, two divisional weekend games coming your way today. Uh, Vinny Maliulo will join us this hour. Sam Panianovich of Nesson and the Chicken Dinner Podcast with us in about 10 minutes. From now, uh, it's after it's in the afternoon in Boston for Sam, so we let him sleep in here this morning. Uh, Nebraska Northwestern's a fascinating game to me. So, I have both of these teams. I have Northwestern slightly better than Nebraska, and you Nebraska's coming off really just a gut punch, a game they controlled most of the way in in Piscataway, and they lost in overtime to Rutgers. They return home to Lincoln. They're three point favorites. There's some two and a half out there, Alex. I'm just concerned that this is going to snowball on Nebraska where we saw them get the gigantic win against Purdue. Yep. But that's sandwiched in the middle of a non-competitive loss at Wisconsin, a non-competitive loss at Iowa, and the gut punch against Rutgers. Now the one common denominator I just mentioned with those three games are all on the road. As Matt Cox said to me earlier this week on, on the show, the formula in the Big Ten, win the home games. You lose the tight road games, no problem. Feels like a game you got to have if you're Nebraska with that set of like Northwestern outright. <laughs> Man, you were talking me into Nebraska there because I did think that three was a, a good number for them at home. So I don't, we might be on opposite sides here. I didn't play anything yet, but as you mentioned, that away home split. But I, I also think these two are very evenly matched. So I would not be surprised if Northwestern went there and won this game. They're, they're too solid to me. They're tournament call out quality teams. I know their metrics don't play out that well, 
They're both barely in the top 60. But to me, by the eye test, they're both NCAA tournament teams this year. Uh, Northwestern, I think it was on the seven line with Lenardi. I don't remember where Nebraska was if they were even in the field. But they have arguably the best win in the college basketball season. Yes, they do. So far with the win against Purdue. Let's go to Tucson next. Arizona welcoming in UCLA. I'll ask you here, Alex, where it's very rare you see an Arizona game total in the 140s, especially the low 140s. Just a matter for me of if you can get enough points with UCLA in this game in order to get this game over. Um, if you do, I would I would be inclined. If you can get UCLA into the 60s here, you're going to get there on that total. Uh, I would look to bet this thing over on the total. This opened 16 and a half and got bet. They forget 17, 17 and a half. Chris just went right to 18 in this game. Uh, and honestly, I have no issue with that. Me move. either. Yeah, I. It's tough with UCLA 13 and five to the under this year, seven and two to the under on the road. So I don't have a lot of faith in them here. But I mean, Arizona could score enough to uh, basically get you there. Let's go to Kansas and West Virginia. Uh, it's been a weird place for KU. They, they they haven't really lost the last few years in West Virginia, but they've always been weird games uh, at WVU Coliseum. West Virginia's 10-point dog here. By every account, they're the worst team in the Big 12. I I think it's a flip between them and Oklahoma State at this point with the way the Cowboys have played in conference play. Uh, with Alex, it just feels steep laying this many points in the Big 12 game on the road with Kansas. I just can't get there. Uh, maybe if this, yeah, West Virginia gets out to a good start, maybe it'll take KU yeah. at, a, at a shorter number, but at 10, just too much. And the total feels right at 147. Completely agree. I looked at it at 9.5 yesterday with Kansas, mm-hmm. but now that it's at 10, I would definitely wait for that in game. <laughs> Let's go to DePaul and Butler. <laughs> 16 with Butler at home, 140. Uh, this is another one. The main reason I'm bringing this up, totals all over the place. As high as 149. As low as one forty-seven and a half behind us, Alex. I have nothing in this one. <laughs> wouldn't so, go. Wouldn't go over the lower total. Um, one forty-seven and a half. I think I'd consider playing that over. Um, it's just a matter of as it was with DePaul because DePaul, Paul's terrible. They're 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 a bad basketball team. I don't like Georgetown. Who, quite frankly, Georgetown should have won that game last night in Cincinnati. They they blew a five-point lead in the last three minutes. DePaul, there's really just nothing that says, all right, this team's going to be capable of beating teams in Big East play, and they're terrible on defense. So I, I don't mind at the lower total hitting this game over. 16, yeah. I mean, they are 4-11 and 11 ATS this season and 1-5 and five in conference play against the spread, DePaul. So, yeah, I didn't look too deep into this one, total or sidewise. Clemson, Florida State. Clemson's two on the road in Tallahassee. It is definitely slowed down for the Tigers since getting into ACC play. They are two and four in conference after that great non-con where their only loss was on the road at Memphis. Uh, and the losses that are mixed in here in the ACC are not good. Okay, you can lose losing at home to UNC, fine. Nothing wrong with that. Losing on the road to Miami, honestly, nothing wrong with that at that point, especially. Didn't like how they played at Vatek. They got blasted in that game, and in the loss they took in double overtime at home can't happen. Can't lose that game in double overtime at home to Georgia Tech earlier in the week. I like. I think this is a reasonable bounce back spot for Clemson. But since we've gotten in the ACC play, I can't figure Florida State out because pretty much a classic Leonard Hamilton team. I think they're pretty poorly coached. 
They're unbelievably athletic. They play pretty good defense, and they play way too fast for the, the talent they have, on, for the type of team they have. So that makes them incredibly erratic. Right. And they are 5-1 and one straight up yeah, in conference play in conference and 6-0 so oh against the spread. Mm-hmm. So this is a tough one. But I'm with you. I was leaning more towards Clemson here in a good bounce-back spot. Yeah, I, I like the tie. If you lose this game if you're Clemson, I think you're, you're in pretty bad shape uh, moving forward. You, you've played yourself from a pretty solid 4-5 seed and played yourself into uh, the bubble zone, and it may not go the right way on that all right i want to hit uh, i want to hit two more college hoops games before we bring in our game our, our guy sammy p and we'll get these other ones later but i have to do it and we'll ask sammy p about this as well when we bring him in, in a few moments <laughs> byu at texas tech byu was a one-point dog overnight now texas tech two-point favorites at home i still think it's good on texas tech uh, i just you know my thoughts on byu i think they're incredibly overvalued Texas Tech is coming off just getting annihilated earlier in the week by Houston. Good bounce back spot in Lubbock. Pretty brutal road spot as well for the Cougars. I like Texas Tech, even at a worse number than what it was on the overnight. We'll lay the two. I'm going to let you and Sammy P talk about this one because you know me. <laughs> I I was leaning towards BYU here, and I know Texas Tech, 10 wins at home, but they're just 5-5 five and five against the spread. I like this BYU team, 4-2 and two straight up and 3-3 three and three ATS on the road. So... I mean, they're top 10 defense and mm-hmm. holding teams to 40% shooting from the field. So, I I don't know. I think they could get it done here. But I'll be let you sh- two. It'd be a short money line price if you like the Cougars plus 115 on the money line for that one. All right. I want to hit this SEC game. Kentucky and Georgia. The market has bet Kentucky from 12 to 14. They also have bet the total from 162 to 163 and a half. I still think the over is good. Uh, this, this pace, and again, we... We were talking about it all morning. Pace for both of these teams. And I credit John Calipari for playing to his roster this year, where Kentucky is playing faster than they have in recent years. They are also playing significantly less defense than they have the last few years. They're great on offense. They, they have been for years, but this is an especially good offensive team for Cal. And Georgia, they are better on defense than offense, but they play in a top 100 tempo. It's going to be a running gun game like we saw last week with Georgia and Tennessee. 163 and a half, still not high enough. I had, I actually had this at 166. Okay. So uh, I still like it over at 163 and a half. So I didn't do anything in this one, but I don't I don't blame you. I mean, Kentucky is 13 and three to the over on the year, eight and two at home. So I would only lean to the over here, but I didn't have a play. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, our guy, Sammy P, Sam Panionovich. Joins us next on Sports by the Book. We have 11 amazing restaurants featuring a wide variety for every price range and appetite. South Point's Garden Buffet has something for everyone at unbeatable prices. Or if hunger strikes in the middle of the night, join us at Coronado Cafe. The American menu offers breakfast, lunch, or dinner 24 hours a day. Plus a Chinese kitchen for authentic Chinese dishes from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. From steak and eggs to wonton soup, it's fast and friendly service 24-7. When you need a quick pick-me-up, you can find it at our state-of-the-art Starbucks just inside the main South Point entrance. Order ahead with the Starbucks app for easy mobile order pickups. Or enjoy your favorites in the relaxing dining area anytime, day or night. If you love Mexican food, 
Baja Miguel's has all of your south of the border favorites. There are dozens of classics to choose from, like fajitas, ceviche, chimichangas, tacos, and more. And for spirit lovers, Baja's colorful non-smoking tequila bar is right outside. Or maybe you're in the mood for seafood. Big Sur Oyster Bar has fresh seafood prepared right before your eyes. Savor freshly shucked oysters, crab legs jambalaya, shrimp and lobster, beers on tap, and a selection of fine wines are perfect to pair with your seafood favorite. Whether lunch or dinner, you'll love this fun atmosphere located just off the casino floor. Ready to shake things up? Step back in time and treat yourself to one of the oldest restaurant chains in the country. Steak and Shake, famous for original mouth-watering steak burgers and hand-dipped milkshakes in a variety of flavors. For some old-fashioned fun, try Steak and Shake. Welcome back in. It's Sports by the Book here at the South Point Studio. I'm Jeff Piles. Alex White's alongside. And now joining us... I used to host shows out of this studio way back in the day. Uh, now you see him over at Nesson, uh, over at Fox Sports, and of course, the OG over at Chicken uh, Chicken Dinner as well. Our guy, Sammy P., Sam Panianovich with us right now. Sammy, thanks for uh, getting up with us today. Well, I didn't get up as early as you did, Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Alex. Hello, uh, by Sam. the way, it's a good thing that I came to this show starving because – I saw the shrimp cocktail at the seafood place, and then I saw the steak and shake. I didn't catch a Michael's commercial, but it takes me back to my time living at the South Point, and I'd get off the show after Uncle Brent's show and go, hmm, what do I want to eat? There are so many good options here, but thank you for making me even more hungry than I already am. Uh, we're, we're always welcome to you on that. And uh, look, I, I will say this. Uh, my parents are in town this week. We went to Michael's. First time I've ever been. What a meal. What a meal over there! Had the uh, had the had the big lamb chops. It was it was awesome. It was an awesome meal. Uh, Frank and company uh, took care of us uh, on Wednesday night. So uh, I, I know you missed that, Sam. I know you missed that big time meal over there. I do miss the squad. I miss you too. I miss Chris and Vinny and Jimmy. And it's uh, it's always fun to come on with you. Does anybody like the uh, Niners tonight? I mean, like I everything I look at on social is Packers, 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 Packers money line. Packers spread, Packers team total over. Why are they even playing the game? Oh, well, again, that's a great question. So let's start there with the late game tonight, uh, up to 10. You know, it's funny because, Sam, you you like you said, it feels like everyone on social is like, oh, Green Bay to handle Dallas. Why can't they handle uh, the quote-unquote fraud Brock Purdy on, uh, on Saturday night? Uh, but look, the market has moved against them. It was nine and a half most of this week. Now we're up to 10, uh, and... I, it's funny that you say that. I like San Francisco tonight, where this feels like Green Bay had their big shot last week, and now uh, reality strikes tonight in Santa Clara. I've always sort of viewed this round as the round of overcorrection, if you will, because you see these teams that sort of get hot at the right time and, and win a game in the postseason, and then everybody looks at them. Okay, well, I... Didn't take seven last week with the Packers. I probably bet the Cowboys because most people did. I remember the books were saying, we can't stop writing Cowboy bets. So nobody wanted to bet. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but most people didn't want to bet the Packers last week. 
And then the Packers score 48 on Dallas and oh my God, now they're getting 10, you know, and it's just, it looks so easy, but in all reality, like my power rating has uh, San Francisco 12 and a half points better in this spot. So I, I try not to overreact. You also think about a Green Bay defense that is 32nd in the league against explosive plays. So my concern for the Packers is that they are not going to get a lot of stops in this game. And remember, the last time we saw San Francisco with extra time to prepare, with rest and recovery, remember, they had lost three in a row, hit the bye week, Debo was banged up, Trent Williams was banged up, the Niners aren't what the Niners are, and then they came out of the bye and pounded Jacksonville in Jacksonville, 34-3. to Now, just because it happened then doesn't mean it's going to happen now. But when it comes to a pure number, I, I think this game should be closer to 13. I was happy to lay nine and a half. And I also, boys and girls, I like the first half over at 24 and a half. I'm with you there, Sam. I was actually just going to ask you about the total. 50 and a half is really high. So I was looking more at the, the first half. Can you dive in deeper why you like that over? Well, these coaches, Alex, they're both very good with their scripted plays. I mean, Shanahan and LaFleur are outstanding. I mean, these are two of the top seven teams in the NFL in terms of scoring points in the first half. And I think you have a really good idea to just cut the game in half because we know what happens when San Francisco goes up 31-7. to They just sit on the lead and run the ball in the third and fourth quarter if that were to happen. You know, say San Fran goes up big they're not going to have the incentive to score late in this game. So, I mean, we saw this perfect example was the Rams and the Lions game. I mean, it was touchdown, 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 touchdown. And then in the second half, nobody scored. So I, I do think there's something to be said about the adjustments at the half. Um, but I really, when you look at two coaches that know each other very well, uh, they scheme and call these plays essentially well. And there's talent all over the field. I mean, when you look at that San Francisco offense, how is Green Bay going to account for McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk? You know, Purdy can make plays with his feet. I just think there's too much uh, in terms of firepower in the first two quarters. So, yeah, I, I think 21-10, 20-7, something like that at halftime, and that's going to be good enough, uh, I believe, to get over 24 and a half. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys on this as well, and, and you know, it just for for this Niner team, and it's it's funny, like you 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 brought it up. It feels like everyone's on Green Bay this week, and no one was on Green Bay except for uh, one person on set. Uh, I, I I will take credit for that one, uh, but it, it, it's funny when you're dealing with yeah, exactly when you're dealing with uh, again, this is the team that was power rated number one most of the year in San Francisco, if not all of it. And the team that's still the betting favorite to win the Super Bowl, it just, like you said, it is bizarre to see this many people on the Packers. And I will say, Sam, I'm kind of stunned the bartender's not on on, uh, on Green Bay this week. I know. He does have three plays in four games, which is so bartender. <laughs> and I, I know this is a betting show, and people want intel, and they want picks. Most importantly, they want to be guided to a play, but – I only have, I'll be completely honest, I have three plays this week, and I just gave you two of them. I like the Niners minus the nine and a half, which is now 10. Mm -hmm. Like the first half over, we'll talk about my play in the Bucks and the Lions game. And I was I was thinking we were going to get seven with Tampa, but it's starting to come yep. the other way, as, as you two know. I mean, it was six and a half on Thursday. We saw a couple sevens, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to wait. Well, now I wish I would have taken uh, six and a half because I, I, I thought and I wrote about this for Fox, not to navigate to the game, um, but 
please. You know, this is a Lion team that gave up 425 yards of offense. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's pretty alarming. And I, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong about this, and maybe the Lions win the Super Bowl. And if, if they do, I will, I will eat it. Dan Campbell just – he's that guy at the blackjack table that has 16, and the dealer's showing 12, and he goes, hit me. <laughs> and then it, he gets a two, right? So now he's got 18, and the dealer's holding 12. And he goes, hit me. <laughs> and it lands 21, so he wins. But it's, he doesn't make good decisions. And I think eventually, at some point in this postseason, he's going to do something irrevocably stupid that is going to either cause the other team to cover or cause the other team to just win outright. Well, I guess next week they're going to be a big dog if they go to San Francisco. So I like Tampa's ability to blitz. I think Todd Bowles is going to have Jared Goff making erratic decisions, and I just don't trust this Dan Campbell guy. I understand that's a talented football team, but in some weird way, as good as they've been and as successful as they've been to win a playoff game, he still terrifies me with the game on the line, Campbell. I know you've had to talk about props at some point throughout the week. Any props you're looking at? I mean, Jordan Love, if you're talking the Niners being up that high, he's going to have to be throwing a lot, right? So are you looking at his passing yards or anyone else in any of these games? Yeah, I don't know if uh, if books in Vegas have the attempts props, but I, I was looking at the some of the books across the country have passing attempts, and his was like 34 and a half. You can look at his yardage number as well. Sure, I, I would not be surprised if Jordan Love threw for 270, 280 in a, in a loss, in a three-touchdown loss. But my favorite prop is actually in the game we just talked about. And it's so funny. You know, Mike Evans drops a 48-yard touchdown. He was wide open. And he catches that ball eight times out of ten. And I went to X. And I, I just typed in Mike Evans drop. And the common theme is I'm never betting Mike Evans again. And I'm like, good, because I will. I will. You don't want to do it? I'll do it. Uh, and, and the other thing, too, is, is with these player props, especially with superstars, the Mike Evans of the world, the Amonra St. Browns of the world, um, the Devo Samuels of the world, the Christian McCaffreys of the world, you know, these skill position players, these numbers, they run. So Mike Evans on Wednesday, when I talked about this on Chicken Dinner, his receiving number was 68 and a half. Now it's as high as 75 and a half. And I think we have to understand as a collective, when we bet player props in the postseason, the numbers on the star players usually go up no matter what. So if you're thinking about a Mahomes over 10 minutes before the game, understand you're probably going to get the worst of the number. Mm -hmm. The Mike Evans number has already gone up from 68 to like 73 and a half, 74 and a half. I, I, I can't sit here and say I still love it because that's, you know, one catch could be four yards, five yards. So if you're betting overs on props, think about them earlier in the week on Wednesday and Thursday. And then ideally game day, Saturday or Sunday, those are probably the best times to go under on the Lamar Jacksons and the Josh Allens and the Patrick Mahomes of the world. A hundred percent. And again, the, especially when we get the Super Bowl week, when all the props come out, you're going to, sometimes you're looking at, if you're betting it on the day of the Super Bowl, you're looking at 15 and a half yards difference. I, I mean, you could, you could really end up with some bad numbers if you're betting them over. Uh, I had a buddy like, last year text me Super Bowl Sunday, like 20 minutes before the game. And he literally said, I love Mahomes' passing over, question mark. Or, I, I love Mahomes' over, you, question mark. Like, asking me, like, do you like Mahomes' over? And I go, 
Yep, this is the best time to bet it, right before the game when everybody's already bet it. Yeah, when it was uh, 11 and a half yards shorter earlier in the week. Uh, I, let's go to the early game tonight. Uh, I, I know you said your plays were in the NFC side, but this is a really tricky handicap, and I would imagine that's part of the reason you didn't play this game, where we saw this matchup with Houston and Baltimore in week one. I take absolutely nothing from that game because Houston is so different today than they were in week one. But I still can't find a real answer to betting Houston unless if we see a flat 10 in this game, Sam. I understand both sides not to, to cop out. I think, you know, the reality is this is a game that's going to be in the low 20s weather-wise. And we have wind in the forecast as well. I mean, 15, 20 miles an hour. Now that... On the surface, to me, it's going to hinder what Houston wants to do. Houston is not a run-first offense. Houston is a pass-first offense. They're going to pass and pass and pass. I mean, there are some drives when they pass the ball 80% of the time, and we understand that. The problem is you have the elements, and you have a Baltimore defense that's very good against the pass. My only hesitation is that, and I know you don't want to be you know, painting with broad brushes, but Baltimore has not been good historically under Lamar Jackson laying these numbers. So I just, I didn't feel like I had an edge. I, I know there was a respected group that came in and laid Ravens nine. Fine. I, I get it. I just, I don't want to get involved. And then I saw my buddy, the bartender who was awful at being great at the NFL. And he sees a Houston team that, you know, was catching two and a half, three last week. And now they're getting nine and a half and CJ Stroud's the MVP, right? So it's, I, I don't I don't bet off narratives though, Jeff. I, I really try not to. Clearly, I think the books would love to see Baltimore and San Francisco just win to eliminate the Houston futures and the Houston money line and the same thing with Green Bay. But I in a 20 degree game where it's tough to throw and maybe pitches get mishandled and guys are fumbling, I don't want to lay nine and a half. Um, but I, I don't I don't love Houston either. So it's a total pass. Maybe lean to the under at 43 and a half. But again, I don't have a single dollar on the game. All right. We got to go to the big game. The last game of the weekend. We're probably going to have two-way action here. We're on different sides. Not, so not, you're going to be our... Not probably. Definitely. <laughs> you're going to be our um, our third one. So who are you leaning to? I know two and a half, it, it makes it a little tough because you'll probably say you like the three. But go ahead, Sam. Kansas City, Buffalo tomorrow in Buffalo. Let me start by saying I bet a little Buffalo to win the AFC and win the Super Bowl after they beat the Chiefs. So I am a little biased in thinking that Buffalo is the right side here, okay? You know what I mean? Like, I need Buffalo to win. <laughs> I'm terrified of 15, though. I mean, this is, this is the modern-day Brady. And I lost a lot of money from 2004 to 2017 just – I Brady can't do it again. And then he did it again. You know, like he just betting against Mahomes is like betting against Brady. You know what you're up against. That said, though, if it's not this year in Buffalo, it ain't ever going to happen. I mean, you're at home. You're facing the worst Kansas City offense that they've had under Mahomes. They have really nothing at receiver aside from Rasheed Rice. Kelsey is more concerned about commercials and Taylor Swift than he is about practice. Um it's a weird team. It's a weird team right now. That said, at the end of the day, if Buffalo is up four with two minutes to go, I might not even – I might just – I might be under the bed. Like, trying to – do I want to watch it? I hope Buffalo wins. I lean to Buffalo. My true number is Buffalo four. 
Um, but with all the liability that I've built on Buffalo, I'm just going to hope that they win and uh, and just leave it at that. Who has which one of you has KC? Which one of you has Buffalo? Uh, I'm on the Chiefs. Alex is on Buffalo. That's uh, good. That's Alex you. is right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I look. I will say, and it's been a common thread of this show all year, where I have been lower on the Bills than basically everybody, and the only time I bet Buffalo all year was in Week 18. <laughs> so I think you actually had him against the Dolphins as well. Yeah, week eight, that, that was the, the, the uh, I had him twice against Miami. You're right. I had him in week four as well. That's See, I, I, I obviously a bias against the other AFC East team. That's, that's, that, that's all it is. Uh, that's clearly the reality, is. too, is this. These teams, when, when we close our eyes and we think about Buffalo and Kansas yeah. City, we think what? Offense. Mm -hmm. And this total at 45 and a half still feels high to me. I agree. Um, I know that Buffalo has some injuries, but the reality is, like, a lot of those guys that are banged up, they're not, like, one, one-and-a-half, two-point players, right? I mean, there are not that many. I mean, like, T.J. Watt's worth two points. Miles Garrett's worth two, two-and-a-half points. Micah Parsons is worth two points. One of the corners at Buffalo that got banged up is worth, like, a half a point. I mean, like, it's not – now, when you add – two, three, four of those together, you get, you know, two points. And again, I had Buffalo four. So now that Buffalo's two and a half, I guess we're mathematically there. But I, I really think Buffalo's ability to run the football with James Cook. And then look, Josh Allen did this a couple times last week. That fake slide, that sneaky prick when he when he like acts like he's gonna go down. And then the defenders all like, oh, and then he keeps going. <laughs> that is something that I think they have to, you, you laugh. They have to utilize that because 100%. it worked against Pittsburgh. If it worked against Pittsburgh, I promise you, you got to try that. But this Buffalo team has everything going right. Having said all that, I'm still terrified of Kermit the Frog, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Sam, before we let you go, I just wanted to bring up something college hoops wise because you're tweeting it about it at the beginning of the week and the number has since moved. And I, I hopped in at the beginning of the week along with you. Not quite that 20 to 1 on the Cats, but still got. 16 to one on Kentucky to win it all. Uh, you know, for me, it's been all about UConn and then Kentucky and North Carolina. After that, this really feels like those are the three best teams in college basketball and the market has started to correct on Kentucky, but still is not all the way there yet, Sam. Yeah, there's a lot of love for Purdue and Arizona, and, and I understand it. I mean, Purdue, I think, is a very good basketball team, and they do remind me a lot of that Virginia team that lost in the mm -hmm. first round as a one seed and then came back and, and won the whole thing the next year. Purdue is very good and they're underrated because people pencil them in as a team that always chokes and it is what it is. But look, we saw Kentucky blast Miami by 22. They beat North Carolina in basically a North Carolina home game. They, they've beaten Florida. They dropped 90 on Mississippi State. This team has three lottery picks. But they also, they have the senior leadership of Reeves, the guard from Chicago. He's a senior who's usually their leading scorer. They have Trey Mitchell, who came in from West Virginia. They've got two seven-footers that are going to come off the bench. And then, oh, by the way, those three freshmen that are going to go in the lottery, they have two other freshmen that are going to get drafted. And I know they don't play defense, but, like, they could score 90 a game. They're, they're fifth in offensive efficiency. They're, like, ninth in three-point percentage. They score, and you need to score to win. Who would you rather have, Kentucky or Houston? You want Houston to claw to a 55-point decision every game? No, 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 no. You need to score in the tournament. And I'll tell you what, this is the most talented team he's had since the team that went 37-1 and 
when they had Cat and they had the Harrison twins and Devin Booker. This team is absolutely loaded. And if they do what I think they can do, this is a team that goes to the Elite Eight. And then if you're holding 20, 18, 16, whatever, you can bet off that. You could bet other teams. I think this is as good of a Kentucky team as we've seen in 10 years. Well, I, I agree with you. And the big difference is Cal has finally played to his roster for once, where he hasn't really done that the last few years. And he's like, you know what? I'm not, I know I'm not going to be as good defensively. Let's just outscore everyone. Like you said, they can put up 90 on anyone. And uh, offensively, I'm kind of surprised they're only fifth in Ken Palm. I would have expected them to be even higher with how uh, well they played on offense, especially over the last six weeks. He's Sam, pa Sam Panionovich, Sammy P, of course. Nesson, Fox Sports, Chicken Dinner, where you can find Sam's work. Sam, thanks for being with us today, man. Anytime. Thanks for having me and tell everybody I said what's up. Absolutely. Thanks, Sam. We'll, uh, we'll let Vinny, who's in the corner there, uh, know as well. Speaking of Vinny, we'll have Vinny Maliulo next in studio to give you the book update of what's going on in the two NFL games and more across the board here on Sports by the Book, South Point Studio. South Point is also proud to provide a variety of relaxing amenities for the guests who want to be pampered. Soak up the sun and let your stress melt away in our lagoon-style paradise swimming pool. A relaxing getaway where you can bask in the desert sun and enjoy seasonal food and bar service poolside. And if you really want to escape, come to Spa Costa del Sur. From couple suites to a co-ed wet area, our spa caters to business and leisure travelers who want to unwind and elevate their senses. A visit to one of our spa's steam, sauna, or whirlpool treatment rooms will leave any guest feeling like they can take on the world. Our gaming amenities include over 60 table games and over 2,600 of the most popular slot and video poker machines. We have penny slots, including the popular Buffalo games and real machines like Wheel of Fortune, Triple Sevens, and Megabucks. If you prefer video poker, try Deuces Wild, Double Double Bonus, or a variety of multi-denomination games. Or try your hand at one of the most popular casino table games in the world, Blackjack. Don't let the game intimidate you. Blackjack, also known as 21, is both easy and fun. And our dealers are always happy to assist. And the best part? Blackjack always pays three to two. Next, check out the roulette tables. Roulette is one of the easiest casino games to learn and so much fun to play. It's a favorite of both beginners and seasoned players. In addition to blackjack and roulette, our casino pit features over 60 popular table games like Baccarat, Pie Gal Poker, Three Card Poker, Ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Mississippi Stud. So get out of your room and come join in the fun. Welcome back in Sports by the Book is the show. I'm Jeff Parles. Big thanks to Sammy P. Sam Panianovich for being with us. As always, I uh, love talking to him. Alex White is here as well. And now in the flesh, in studio, the hair is all ready to go. That's right. Our guy, Vinny Maliula. Must be ready at all times. Nice to see Sam. Yeah, always at, is. At, uh, he does a nice job. Also, uh, he's also on the... Uh, on Chris Felica's podcast every yeah, week. Uh, very good. And Will Hill and uh, Jeff Schwartz, uh, the group text, as uh, Chris calls that segment. <laughs> uh, only, only if you had access to our South Point Studio group text, 
where Frank Nicotero, of course, hosts the Punchlines, right. Monday through Friday at noon here at this very studio, mentions right. Pittsburgh on a daily basis. <laughs> Shocking, well, I know. What was that with the Doritos on the Luxor? So that was, uh, so, so I mentioned this on Frank's show yesterday where I drove by the Luxor on Sinatra and the Dorito skin was not on that side of the Luxor. So I thought they had taken it down. Then Frank goes driving down the Las Vegas Boulevard side and the Dori- the nacho cheese Dorito is still intact. <laughs> Well, you know he's uh, he'll go through any length just to to get to get accuracy. In fact, well, we know that. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> and I'm sure uh, uh, he and Chrissy will be at T-Mobile tonight with the yes, arrival of the Sidney Crosby Penguins. By the way, there'll probably be a tribute tonight to uh, Riley Smith, right? Uh, who obviously was a original, Mi- original misfit and um, was a part of that. Stanley Cup team last year, so I'm sure that there'll be uh, uh, a nice tribute to uh, Riley Smith tonight. You been the under in that game? No, I actually made it six, so I thought it was just right. And I don't, I, I get, I don't think I'm in the bet anymore. I think it's just between Ryan and no, Frank, just that, which is it's just good. them who are, because uh, they're gonna their 101st episodes coming up soon. I'm so, happy to so be the, out of the, that the, one. The loser okay. is dressing up as a Dalmatian for episode 101. 101 Dalmatians? So, exactly. So the loser of that. <laughs> the, yeah, so DGK wins tonight. Frank will dress up as a Dalmatian on their 101st episode, which happens to land on March 1st. Okay. Other result, Ryan McCormick will dress up as a Dalmatian. I love that one, by the way. Yeah, that's I, great. I, as I, long I really, as I'm not involved. I'm very happy I'm not <laughs> involved in that one either. I just hope their house broken, but. Uh, <laughs> very good. That's. <laughs> uh, before we get to the NFL today, college hoops, this is a, a loaded 9 a.m. that's yes. going right now. Uh, Ohio State was up 16 nothing. That's now 26 to 14. St. John's Marquette back and forth. Johnny's up a point. Uh, Texas has opened up a seven point lead on Baylor and Creighton up four on Seton Hall in the early goings in the four best games of this 9 a.m. Pacific slate. Yeah, you're starting to uh, also, we haven't, I don't think we've quite gotten to the point where it's the second matchup too right but i, I think if the, if you get to there, are, you know, there start, is one there is one today, one yeah. today which one is it it's not the, the texas game it was in it was in the big east hold on I'll, I'll i'll pull it up is it uh seton hall game no that's not Great. the second matchup um but you start looking at those right uh uh because difficult to win uh twice during the regular season uh of course the, the uh a postseason conference tournaments are a different story, but um, there is something to be said about uh, the second time around, particularly if if the first game had uh, some injuries and uh, and and things like that. So, and I noticed, I heard you talking with Sam about you. You like uh, the way Kentucky's playing, huh? So there's four teams. I, I didn't mention Purdue, but they're in there. There's four teams that yeah. I that I that I really like. Like I think are at the moment capable of winning the title. And now, granted, we have to see how the the bracket draws and sure. And who's playing well two months from now? Like, there's all sorts of factors. Yeah. Part of the reason that I, I'm much lighter, especially since the portal has come into play on on college hoops futures. Mm-hmm. Purdue, UConn, Carolina, and Kentucky to me are the four teams that right now. I know Kentucky has problems on defense, but their offense is just 
they're bazookas basically on them. Yeah, they're well, they're healthy too. Right? Yeah. I remember that first month of the season. You know, he had three. Their three big men were were, were missing. Uh, one for uh, academic reasons, and a couple of, or two, I think, were injuries, and uh, one was academic reasons. So, uh, yes, but they can score uh, very quietly. Really, when you think about it, North Carolina has has played well. Very and, well. and of course, UConn uh, playing extremely. Well. And I got to tell you, this 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 Purdue team is is they're is real definitely. Good. They're, they're, real. they're 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 very good. They're very good. Um, since we're on college hoops, let's just let's just a- ask about these these remaining three games that I wanted to get to with sure. us, and then we'll get into the NFL to close the show. Uh, those Huskies are on the road today against Villanova. Uh, At, yeah, mm-hmm. four. There's three and a half in the market on this one as well. Uh, I at the three and a half, I do like Connecticut. Uh, I just think they're that much better. I know it's a mm-hmm. hard place to play. It, it's not the greatest of spots for UConn, where they rolled it up on Creighton earlier in the week. They've won six straight after losing that game to Seton Hall. But I, I just think they're just so much more talented than Villanova is this year, Alex. I'm going to keep betting UConn until they prove otherwise. But, mm-hmm. I mean, they have been fantastic. They're 11-7 and seven against the spread and 6-2 and two against the spread on the road. So they actually don't have a real bad split home and away like some other teams we talked about. So I am on UConn today, minus 3.5. Good team. I mean, listen, they, they keep answering, uh, answering the bell, right? And um, it, But you're noticing, too, how... Uh, you th- we're taking into consideration the locations, right? I mean, these are, you know, typically, um, you know, it's tough to win on the road. I mean, oh, it's yes. tough to win anywhere. But now you add uh, some travel to it as well, right? You say, you know, listen, they play indoors, but there are some, you know, there there are delays, whether it's uh, whether a team is taking uh, a flight or if the team is taking a bus or both. I mean, when you uh, when you go to uh, Morgantown, it's um, it's a difficult location so sometimes you have to take that into consideration and then that's why these numbers are are pretty tight right and again home teams particularly when playing uh some of the best teams in the country and another example right you look at purdue purdue uh as good as they are and near the top of the uh, the power ra- uh, ratings six six and a half you know you would think that they might be more than that well certainly at home they would be against mm-hmm. iowa but Again, difficulty in, uh, uh, in in going against opponents. You're in conference play, and uh, uh, it's it's tough tough on the road. Tra- you have to take into account travel. And I tell tell you, next year it's going to become even more of a factor with the uh, the redefined conferences. When you've got the, a lot more West Coast teams heading to the Midwest, at that when you look at the the Big Twelve in particular. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna uh, have to take into consideration travel a, a little bit more in your handicap, just a little bit of a foreshadowing. I want to go to Duke real quick. Uh, this was the matchup I was thinking of. That's the second. That's the second time around. Oh, in uh, in ACC play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they played at Pitt on January 9th. That was the game where Duke roughly hit a thousand percent of their three-point attempts in the first half Mm -hmm. uh they won by 22 75 53 really didn't have to do anything in the second half in order to win that game uh it's 13 on this one with a 141 and a half now it's hard to get going on pit because of the location of this game 
mm-hmm. even though they got throttled in their own building. Right. We know how difficult it is to go into Cameron and at least play tough when you're over back. No question. I mean, the capal factor too, right, is sure. uh, is something that uh, just a little bit of a, of a factor uh, coaching. But I mean, and the fact that they got blown out. So expect a better effort out of of Pitt here. And again, Duke's Duke going into the season was had a higher power rating on them going into the season than right. It's just kind mm-hmm. of been a bit inconsistent for with them, right? And and I guess, you know, maybe I, I think we saw that happen against at home against Arizona. And that's when we thought Arizona was actually um you know what which is Arizona's still, still good. very good. I mean uh, uh, they're 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 still, you know, uh, top six uh, in in terms of power rating, top five in terms of power rating. Um I think I worry about Arizona just to, as, a, as an aside, maybe is 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 coaching and, and in-game adjustments. But getting back to the Duke game today, um, it's an awful lot of points. And uh, you know, again, I'm, the other part is uh, Pitt probably adjusted to uh, to some travel to uh, you know. But again, it's it's difficult. It's it's tough to uh, to get to some places, and it's certainly out of rhythm. And a lot of hotel ballroom walkthroughs uh, uh, this time of year. That's for sure. Tough one for me to handicap because they have already seen each other and we know how Duke looked in that one. But I was leaning towards the over that first matchup. I think it landed like 128. So I understand why all the money is coming to the under. But if Pittsburgh is going to adjust, put some points on the board, I think this could get over that 141 and a half. I actually lean to the over as well. That that would be the okay. way I would look to play there this game. You get enough out of Pitt, uh, you can get there. And then Auburn, you mentioned Auburn last week when you were in with us. Kind of flying under the radar with how good they've been. More so than North Carolina. Yeah, more so, more so than a lot of these teams. Yeah. Uh, 12 and a half behind us. That's market high, 153 against Ole Miss. Who, uh, but just say that that uh, sparkly record that they had non-con, non-indicative of what this team really is. They're very good. Auburn is, uh, I, I think Auburn's the best team in the, uh, in the SEC right now. I mean, uh, I've got them a bit higher than Kentucky. Listen, Kentucky's good. But again, Kentucky's got to defend better. And um, <clears throat> I think rebound a little bit better too. Um, Auburn's a better defensive team, and and I think that's certainly something uh, that 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 bears watching. But uh, uh, Pearl's got them playing very good, and uh, that they're they're certainly a, a dangerous team, and you might still be able to get a price on them uh, out there. In uh, I in, mean, you in they, some, they, there are futures. there are there are prices to you know, be had in the yeah. futures market. Yeah. I mean. I, I, I again, I don't know if Wisconsin is capable of winning a national championship, but they mm. they were lower than I thought they should be in the futures market. Yeah. Illinois also shorter in the futures market, mm-hmm. or excuse me, longer, longer. in the futures market yeah. than they should have been. Excuse me. Um, I just there are, and again, in this day and age, in college basketball, wonky stuff happens in the tournament sure. even more so than in the past. Yeah, and- so. You know, look at the draw. Look, make sure you know teams are healthy, but pay attention to rebounding and free throw shooting. Uh, and, uh, those are those are. And I think, you know, I, I know you're a big uh, fan of of Ken Palm, and uh, they do they do a terrific job. And that's certainly something that they uh, take uh, into uh, very high consideration. Alex, nothing for me in this one. I agree with everything you guys are saying about Auburn being a little bit under the radar there. And they um, five and zero in conference and four and one against the spread, but. That's a that's a pretty uh, big number there. Yeah. Good Mississippi team as well. Let's uh, go to the NFL. Let's go to it. Lamar Jackson to my right. 
uh, the, uh, the, the, the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens are nine and a half, 43 and a half. Vinny, we talked about this yesterday on football Friday. This total has been pushed down because of weather yeah. in Baltimore. I think more wind today, the wind, yep. right? Um, yep. than anything, Jeff, go ahead. So nine and a half, 43 and a half from 46 earlier. In the week. Yeah. Um, game did open nine and a half. It took it initially, uh, the question now is, you know, now that we're back to nine and a half, does it does it get to ten? I don't think so. I mean, I will tell you this: both dogs today, uh, and not really surprising, are drawing money line attention. You know, the the big one, big price. Um, so probably best scenarios for us is uh, at least a split, certainly, and um, favorites win, but not necessarily cover, especially when you've got, you know, uh, a, a two score. Uh, point spread so um but look overall action has been good and um folks will, will get involved with with these games regardless of the point spreads and uh, uh this one here though back up uh, back up to nine and a half may see an uptick with the in the total as we get closer to kickoff uh as as general public gets involved alex it's funny you say that Vinny. i'm fully expecting to go one and one myself today because i am on both favorites and laid the nine and a half with both of them but there is a side bet I like in each of these as well, and that is Ravens minus six and a half in the first half. Not first side, half. but a little smaller bet. Mm -hmm. And if other people are still kind of deciding. 14 and three against the spread in the first half this year, Baltimore Ravens. They have only trailed in three games, and they've only trailed in the first half and then ended up losing that game once this year, and that was to the Colts in week Colts. three. So they are, they're really good, and I think we still have them you know, undervalued or still question marks. Some people do. So week off coming in here, I think they'll come out hot. I think they can definitely be up by seven mm -hmm. going into halftime here. I would, I would just to interject. One thing I would be, cause I'd pay very close attention to is how they start, right? Because they've been basically the starters have been off for three weeks. Um, they've got some injuries to their defensive core they're, they're in, Humphrey their, is out their depth is going to come you know going to uh, be on display today one way or the other um and and so now you know obviously the uh, uh the Texans have some injuries as well but football is so much professional sport but it's, you know football is is a rhythm game right by week right. and so the fact that uh the same thing with the Niners right having rested their uh their so starters. you're almost saying if you you kind of like the full game more. Because I would say the full game more. I would be yeah. Right I, I would be you know um, cautious in first of all, definitely the first quarter, uh, but the first half until they kind of get into into a rhythm, and uh, I, I think that's uh, something that that bears watching. The, of the two games today with the with these bigger favorites, mm -hmm. this is the more complex game for me to figure. Now the wind. Yep. I think will play a role, but that should favor the home favorite because they're the best rushing team in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So take the ball out of the air. And Houston and Sam properly pointed out, even though Devin Singletary's had a very nice year, they are so pass heavy when Stroud is in there. And, yes. and, and we have seen this in inclement weather for them where they have struggled in inclement weather mm -hmm. uh, so far this year. There's no precipitation, but there is a 15-mile-an-hour wind. Mm -hmm. And they are a dome team. Yeah, um, and it's cold. I mean, it's, it's cold. It's, yeah, 25 degrees. Honestly, not terrible temperature. It's not awful. Baltimore in January. We saw worse last yeah. week. Right? Yeah, but but I, I'm concerned about past his history for Baltimore in the postseason with this group, mm. yeah. where 
course, again, I don't want to take much from 2018. That's so long ago at this point. It was his rookie year. That Charger team was really talented. Like, I don't want to take much from that. Uh, the only time we've seen them off a bye in the playoffs was 2019, which we know was an epic disaster for them, mm-hmm. where Tennessee w- w- went into Baltimore and really destroyed them in that they game did. Uh, as a double-digit underdog. Um, they won on the road the following year at Tennessee. I don't think that Titan team was any good. Um, and that's been it yeah. because last year he wasn't there. Lamar wasn't in that game last year in Cincinnati. And quite frankly, they should have won that game. If it wasn't for that fluky fumble at the goal line that Hubbard took 99 yards the other way, yeah. they would have won that game. And the course of the AFC playoffs would have been totally different. We would have probably ended up with Kansas City Buffalo again. And you, you throw out the first game of the season. This, oh, there's, this no, year. there's no bearing on this okay. game with that. I mean, yes. two, two completely different, uh, well, I mean, completely different but significantly different teams in terms of you know where they are and they were still you know they were coming out of uh, uh you know the preseason where starters did not play that much uh and and still trying to you know figure things out so when people look at that and say hey you know what well, look what happened that that you really have to throw out and uh, and so but the key will be you know how the ravens uh, can defend with their with their injuries and um, how, if they can control the tempo with their running game, because we know that the the Texans can score points. Nothing. I, I'm I'm just going to pass. I'm going to wait in game, see if we get it. Sure. I'm going to yeah. wait for a Baltimore discount. That's I think yeah. the way that I'm going to play. This. Well, you'll get one too, particularly if if the Houston Texans gets score lead, of first. Yeah. Well, Vinny, mm-hmm. I'm not going to get greedy because the last time, <clears throat> last time the Texans were in this round, if you remember, 2019. January 2020. Mills, Mills, Mills. No, it was Deshaun Watson. That's right. Deshaun Watson. He stole, yeah. It was 24 nothing in the second quarter. Houston in front of Kansas City at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. And I always remember this because I was watching up at up at the rampart with our guy, Dwayne Colucci. Very good. <laughs> and I was at the table next to Brent that day. Mm-hmm. And Brent had Houston in the teaser. And I said to Brent when it was 24 nothing, I think you're good here. You said that? Oh, I did. Kiss of death. I did. As I, and, I, and I did that ironically enough as I was pouring money in on Kansas City as, as I could. Uh, getting points, getting plus prices. And, of course, as we know, Kansas City won that game by 20 points. Reminds <laughs> me of 1991, Meldrick Taylor and Julio Cesar Chavez at the Las Vegas Hilton at the time. And then, of course, we all know what happened. Uh, Meldrick Taylor ahead <laughs> on points, right, and insisting on going toe to toe in the in the final round. And my buddy John Vidmar turns to me and says, "I had a bet on the fight does go the distance. Took a good price." Vinny, you're going to cash. Nice call. The next thing I I know is I hear seven, eight, not whoa. <laughs> Down goes Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's what that reminds me. Oh man. Never. Never no, I, say I, I, it. look, uh because that was uh I was at that point with the previous tenant, I you were doing the show. Richard Steele. You were doing the show with Brent in the afternoon and I was mm-hmm. on afterwards and uh Brent uh Brent let me hear it the next day. And yeah. quite frankly, I deserve to hear you it the just... next day after saying that. All right, to the late game. Ten across the board now, Vinny, on the Niners, fifty and a half. Yep. Uh, Sammy P likes the Niners in the first half over. Alex also likes that first half over as well. Uh, I like the Niners 
uh, at this one. And, and Vinny, this is just kind of, and Sam brought it up, and you and I and Chris talked about this yesterday. It kind of feels like a correction uh, on this one after last week's just throttling at Dallas for Green Bay where mm-hmm. reality sets in, and they're playing a much more talented team in oh. a very difficult spot. Oh, and by the way, Green Bay's on a short week here, which yeah. everyone has seemingly forgotten. But again, in rhythm compared to the the the, the rested team. I get look at and and again, I'm not saying that uh, in the case of the Ravens and the Niners, they won't come out fast and 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 do extremely well. But um, definitely a more talented team here overall mm-hmm. in the Niners, right? Um, look, the Cowboys. I, I thought that their defensive plan, the or the the the, the non or the lack non, non yeah. adjustments <laughs> yeah. right away. Uh, doomed them um, and credit the Packers for, for what they did. Now, this Niner defense, the difference with the Niner defense is, is this, and we talked about it yesterday, Jeff, is that, you know, every team has a, you know, a, a defensive player to uh, that, uh, you know, offensive coordinators say we have to eliminate, right? Case of the Niners, they've got it bookended, you know, and so between that and the diversity that they have on offense uh, and Purdy staying, if he can stay within the system, as he's done many times, uh, and for the majority of his games, then, yeah, the Niners, you know, this is uh, this is where the Niners, I think, will get support. And, again, this is a game, too, that Open 10 initial support came in on the Packers, Alex, but uh, back up. Uh, to 10 here and uh, uh, certainly again Packers support on the money line but Niners with definitely teasing down both favorites today too yep I laid the nine and a half with the Niners here and I do think that this is um, where we kind of see the Packers come back down to reality and Sam mentioned it the first half over 24 and Mm -hmm. a half the Niners are the third have the third most average the third most points in the first half at 16 and then the Packers since Thanksgiving they have been averaging 17 in the first half, and they have scored yeah. first in eight of their last games. Mm-hmm. So I think if they can do that, get on the board quickly, we'll see the Niners answer back, yeah. and we can get over that 24 and a half. But ultimately, yes, I just think this Niners team is is too good at home, and as the rest time, we'll be prepared for this one. Yeah, and again, the Niners, look, I, I just don't know what – with Packer team, we're going to see that I mean, is correct. Again, they're just—they've been a bit Jekyll and Hyde in the last month. And listen, give them credit, and again, especially for last week. So. It again, it's just so difficult to see them going on the road back to back weeks. And this is again, like we talked to Dallas up last week; they were great at home all year, and yeah. Yeah. And then uh, they just were awful. They were awful last week. There's no mm-hmm. other word for it. Well, it was just a better coaching job, actually. Yeah, right Lafleur. Honestly, he, and it wasn't just. McCarthy, it was Quinn also, which right. was what oh, was yeah. so jarring yeah. about that last week. Oh, by the way, it's still good enough for Jerry Jones to keep Mike McCarthy this week, which is yeah. just flabbergasting to me. That and Dan Quinn getting a million uh, uh, job interviews. Yes. Yeah, well, Dan, Dan Quinn's going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. It's just a matter of where, yeah. uh, which uh, it won't be where his former team, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, with seemingly a Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh decision, which is pretty amazing, all things considered. Um, uh, in that, by the way, I, I, love I, did, it. I said this on Frank's show yesterday. We'll see what happens when Antonio Pierce, who gets the full-time job here in Vegas. I just don't see how that works long-term. So I just who, don't. Who you know? did he propose for his OC and So there was a report out there from Florio, Mike Florio, of course, does pro, pro football talk, 
that Tom Coughlin is going to be advising Antonio Pierce in building his staff out, which has me going through all of those old Giants assistant coaches through the years, which begs the question, where's Kevin Gilbride at? <laughs> <laughs> um, who, of course, was Coughlin's OC for a long time in New York uh, through the years. So it'll be, I think for Pierce, like a guy like that who, yes, short-term was successful as the interim, mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that I think if they put plopped even any of three us, three of us <laughs> in there, uh, instead of Josh McDaniels, it was going to work I, yeah. in some fashion. So you certainly had the players' support. Well, um, that's the right? thing, and like, I, think I think that's the main reason they actually the gave yeah. a, a, a better effort. They they responded. Yeah, and I just so. I just wonder how much of that was Antonio and how much of that is hey, it's not Josh anymore. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious on that. And with any time with a first time head coach, this goes for any sport. You better get your staff right around. Oh no question. If you get your staff around them right. Then you have a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't get the staff around him, then you have no shot. So, if if Coughlin comes in, what is it? He's not a general manager. Well, he's, no, he's just gonna. He just advises. I understand, but he's yeah. not a general manager. Yeah, he's not the you know president of of of, of football operations. So there's the, those elements as well. So who is a who who makes the final? Who who's calling the shots on the staff and who's Running the draft. Well, it'll be the, whoever the GM is. Well, I'm understand that, but, but I'm but just saying again, it's, Coughlin, it's more just an a, 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 a an advising role. Of course, Pierce was the, one of the better players on that defense for Coughlin through the years. In New I mean, York. listen, they probably have a rapport. I'm just, yeah. you know, but look, congratulations to him. He got the job. He got the, you know, he he performed. Now he's gonna he's gonna happens. have it full time. He's gonna he's gonna have to he's gonna have to perform. They got a pretty nice schedule next year as well. By the way, the, the the Raider schedule came out, and there's some some pretty good games on did there they, uh, outside of their did six. They, did they uh, end up? Okay? I, I don't remember what their crosses are for, uh, for uh, 24. Let's because the uh, let's see 2024 eight home games as always. You play your division opponents. Well, there's actually, always actually in all honesty, they're scheduled. They cross with the AFC North, North. so uh, yeah, so the entire city of Pittsburgh can come out here again. Sure. Okay, yeah. uh, also, by the way, it'll be the first time Cleveland comes to Las Vegas. Another good so that will be support uh, that will be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of drunk Clevelanders uh here that week. Spirited. Uh, spirit. Spirit. Great spirit in every which way uh for that. All right. I like that. That's all the time we have. Vinny, thank you as always. All right. By the way, uh Lions six, six and a half, presently six and mm-hmm. the ultimate toggle game, two Chiefs and, and Bills. Three. Laying two and a half, taking three, games move more than the temperature. Well so. point We'll plenty of time tomorrow yes. to discuss that on the show as well. Tomorrow on the program with us, 8.30 to 10, our guy Vinny will show up. We'll tell you time to be determined tomorrow. At 9 a.m. tomorrow, Ben Hessler of the Kansas City Sports Network will join us tomorrow uh, to discuss the two games on the NFL card and more at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Sean. Vinny, thank you. Alex White, great job as always. I'm Jeff Marles. We'll see you tomorrow. Sports by the Book, South Point Studio.